All right, this is the pod we've been talking about. This is the one, the greatest hitter debate. I got everybody here. I got Uncle Clint. I got Pep. Pep's been mentioned on a number of shows because he's a big fantasy guy. We got Caden. We got my godfather, RV. And we got my old man, Tim, here with us. So we are ready to rock. I'm, I'm seeing guys with notes in front of them. I know there's a lot of different opinions here. We're really looking forward to this show, and we're going to make a debate show part of this moving forward. I wrote down a bunch of different categories. One of them, as an idea, I had just Magic vs. Bird. Let's just go at it. Magic vs. Bird. So I got some good ones that we're going to do in the future. But for right now, it's the greatest hitter of all time. It's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right. We're going to have Uncle Clint start us off. To keep some sort of rhythm here, we're going to give each guy the microphone before this started. Everybody was just going nuts. We were yelling in here, going back and forth. We're going to try to prevent that. We're going to try to keep the show as clean as possible. And we're going to give each guy the floor. They might get cut off here and there. But for the most part, we're going to let each guy give their piece. So, Uncle Clint, what do you got? First off, this is a debate. So, because of different eras and things of that nature, you can't actually figure out who would do this during that time or who would do this during that time frame. You have to take the numbers based off of when these guys played. I don't care if it was the dead ball era or the steroid era or whatever the case may be because you could never put, like my main guy, you could never put Ted Williams in this era. He hit 950 home runs and bat 380 with this watered-down pitching. But I have to base it off of my, the time frames that he was in. And to me, uh, a guy like Ted Williams who lost – at least four years closer to five in the prime of his career, um, fighting for his country, which some of these other guys don't know nothing about, um, and still putting up the numbers that he put up, uh, batting 388 at 39 years old. I mean, if you added just 140 hits onto his hit total, he's at 3,300 hits. You give him 100 walks a year, which is pretty close to what he averaged during during his career. Uh, he would have had 2,500 walks. He would have been knocking on the, the numbers that you guys are going to talk about with Bonds. Um, and you're going to talk about on-base percentage with Bonds also, which Ted Williams was the career leader in on-base percentage with 482. That means 48 times out of 100, this guy was on base. That's you stick a, with your guy. unheard of. You stick with that's your guy of. and give us our guy or whoever we want to talk about. It's unheard of uh, for anybody to get on base 48 times out of 100 during the course of their career. The second guy that I had on my list, who I think is the greatest power-hitting hitter of all time, some people, most people that ain't average sports fans don't even know him, is Josh Gibson. This guy put up numbers against the Blacks now, which is what Ruth and these guys get uh, saying, oh, they didn't have to play against the Blacks. He played every game against the Blacks and still hit... 368 career on the low end from what they can figure out of his statistics, possibly as high as 384 for a career batting average with 800 home runs. I mean, this guy was a prototypical guy that could hit for average and hit for power, and in my opinion, was the most feared baseball player ever to get on on, on the... uh, Yeah, the the argument with Gibson goes both ways, right? Because Gibson... 
also didn't get to play against the best. And that was the problem. Well, he and, played and against the best because his league disbanded. No, they won. You wild. understand my point, so though. He like he, the, the same way that Ruth didn't get to play during Gibson's time, Gibson didn't get to play during Ruth. So it it kind of goes both ways with that. Unfortunately, for a lot of the players during that time, um, they weren't they, they weren't properly documented. They didn't you know correct, they didn't have right, the correct right. statistics so down I mean, and stuff like that. You don't know. But what they what they've said about Josh Gibson was that he was phenomenal, and you know we don't know. And History he, may never tell us how great he really was. Thirty six years old. I mean, he died. So he, he was. You know, I mean, in my opinion, he played against the best because when the Negro leagues disbanded into the majors, there was no more Negro leagues, which means he was playing in the Premier League. Because his league disbanded into to play with all the white guys, and he wanted to play with the white guys. He just he died before he ever got the chance, and he may have been a shell of himself by the time he got to the majors. And he had way at thirty six, thirty seven years old. You know, he deserves a mention. There's no doubt about it. When to, you get in this conversation, the, you know, I'm glad somebody brought up Josh Gibson because to, to me, to me, he, he's the black, he's the black ver- version of Babe Ruth. And I'm gonna pass the floor over here to Pat and let Pat talk. <laughs> Thanks, Brother Flint. Well, my pick for the greatest hitter is Barry Bonds. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, start off, he won seven MVPs, was the home run champ. And I got a couple numbers I'm going to run by that are pretty mind blowing when you, when you read them. Uh, the top OPS seasons of all time Bonds is number one, Bonds is number two, Bonds is number four. And he's number eight. So four out of twenty-two. Four seasons. out of ten. Four out of twenty-two seasons that he played. Four out of the top, top ten. All time. Those were probably all during the steroid time. Well, was And the top walk seasons. Bonds number one, two thirty-two. Bonds number two, one ninety-eight. Bonds number three, one seventy-seven. What years were those, Bob? Uh, two thousand four, two thousand two, two thousand one. All the years that he supposedly top steroids. on base percentage season leaders. Bonds, number one. 609. Now think of that. One Six season. One season. Who's the second best season ever? Bonds, 582. Unbelievable. Okay. Let's talk hey, about another. I'll jump in one second with that, Pep, because of each guy, you know, and, and I'll obviously get into my stuff later because my, my three that I will talk about is, is Ruth, Williams, and Bonds. And each of them have these unique things that I want to mention and talk about. But with Bonds, the six, the year of the six oh nine on base percentage is is absolutely unheard of. To get to get in this time to be on base sixty one percent of the time yeah, in the major leagues is just unbelievable. So I just wanted to support yeah. you on that one. That's unreal. Go ahead. Most Pat. intentional walks number one Bonds one twenty, number two Bonds sixty eight. Number three, Bonds, 61. He dominates the top stats. He dominates the stats as a power hitter. That's what they're afraid of. Also, for a short period of time, he dominates with these. These are top These are all from 2000 to 2004. He had a 15-year stretch. He started in 1993 with the Giants. He averaged 312, 586 homers, OPP of 477, and OPS of 1143. 15 years. I think I, there's no question. I think Bonds was he a, was a good average hitter. Led the league in yeah. walks 11 times. Yeah. He wasn't, I think he was a, a, a great player even before the steroids. I think five steroids. Those are the things that I go for. I go for Bonds and. Uh, 
My next two hitters are Frank Thomas and Albert Pujols. Going with some of the more recent guys, I, I like that. I mean, I did look at Pujols' career. Pujols had a phenomenal career. Wow. And Pujols, one of the things I noticed with, with a lot of with a lot of the new guys, with a lot of the the, the newer newer age guys, was that a lot of times their career went on that bell curve where they had it. It, it took them a while to get rolling in the majors. And then obviously when they got older, that was kind of the tail end of their career. Where I noticed with some of the old timers, they were able to kind of start off hot almost and, and get their stats rolling a little bit earlier. That was one of the, the observations that I had. But, uh, but I think that's a good list, Pep. I think, like I said, it's, it's tough because sometimes you're biased to what you see. And to me, when I talk about the greatest hitter I've ever seen – I just don't think there's any argument against Barry Bonds. But again, I didn't see these other guys. When I talk about best I've seen, because of the things you mentioned, the dominance, dominance. the fear factor. I mean, it just in that stretch, man, when you look at the offensive stats and you're looking at baseball reference, it's black. His it's zone, all bolded. His zone, the strike zone was the best. I mean, if it, was, it was this big, he knocked it out of the park. I just look at it like Ted Williams and these guys would have had to face Greg Maddox-type pitchers. Every time they went on the mound, instead of once every four or five days, like you do nowadays today, with just thirty-two teams and these, it's baseball is all about money now. It's all about money. They got so many teams. It's all about money. Let's get as many guys in here as we possibly can, so we can juice up the revenue. It's taken away from the game because the talent pool, to me, is like the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example. That's a team that's never going to win. Well, you're well, looking at a watered-down. You're looking at other than the really great stars. You're looking at a watered-down league. Guys who wouldn't even see. Think I, about I disagree. I, disagree. I, I think that the game is so specialized now, where. These guys are these guys are coming up from dedication to baseball from the time they were seven years old, specialized training all the way through to get to the majors. Now the league is so phenomenally talented. The, the defense alone, can you imagine the amount of hits these guys would have taken away? There was if you wanted a lot to of seven-year-olds back in the fifties and sixties that never got a chance to play because there wasn't enough teams out there. No, that's dude, that's not right. You didn't necessarily have the greatest players because enough, everything was different back then. You weren't good so, enough. You weren't on the field. Caden, do you want to do you want to bring in any thoughts on some of the new age guys? Anybody you like that you've seen, or anybody that you've researched? And make sure you get close to that mic so we can hear you. Because right now you're not close enough to. Well, um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I really do a lot of research on the uh, older guys. Um, no, the older guys, I, I do like uh, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds. But the question was for me with Bonds was, um, if. Yeah, if he was gonna be a Hall of Famer with without steroids, why was it? Why did he want to do steroids? If he was gonna have a great career without steroids, why was he gonna do steroids? Like because he, he was jealous of Sammy. So what's well, never been proven? He did steroids. Yeah, he wanted to excel and show them that his talent jealous. on steroids would surpass them. Yeah, there was there was a steroid era in baseball in which steroids were not tested in baseball. They were not even illegal in baseball. If if a player took them in Mexico and came back. That was a perfectly legal thing to do at yeah. that time. Yeah. If they took it, so the it was, was so random. It, it wasn't. They didn't know. It wasn't random. It wasn't tested. And, and also, Stero- that's why it was the steroid I era. They tested the people who had success. There was probably a lot of people who took steroids and didn't have success. You're they didn't test. There, there were, You're and correct. that was this. And that's why it was Absolutely. the steroid era. The pitchers were on steroids. The hitters were on steroids. <laughs> it was the steroid era. I do not look at it. I don't take a thing away from Bonds. He was separated from everybody else during that time. He was a league above all those guys 
during that era. And he deserves credit for that. And I know the, the, the purists of the game don't feel that way, and I'm okay with that. All I know is it saved the game at the time. The game but went through a strike in the mid nineties. The they saved the game, and Bonds and, and Bonds didn't hurt it coming right behind them with the types well, of seasons. Well, let's get back to somebody saving the game after the nineteen nineteen Black Sox scandal. Root saved the game. I agree. He brought the whole everybody back to the ballparks when people were not coming at all. So I totally agree. The game savers. Right. There's one to start with. Right. A uh, RV. You want to jump in, or Caden? Do you want to finish up with anything? Oh, I'll finish up. So, talk about modern guys. Uh, I do like a lot of the Dodgers players. Like, I like guys like uh, Mookie Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman, of course, Shohei Otani. Uh, but I'm really, I'm mostly impressed by these young guys because, like you said, um, I feel like, yeah, you could argue that the pitching was better. Um, pitching was better in the uh, older days. But I really feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's better, but I'm feeling like with the tech, with the technology, I just feel like they have way more adjustments. They have the more movement, more velocity. They say the strength and conditioning is better nowadays, but guys back in the old days hardly ever missed any games. Guys nowadays with all this great high-powered strength and conditioning almost never play all season. The pitching, almost never. The pitching is better. The spin rate's higher. The velocity's higher. The technology's better. It just is. I mean, it's, it's so much better that athletes are bigger, faster, Ted, stronger. Ted, Ted Williams so could read a record player while it was moving. I don't not think a record player. A spinning label on a record. I believe that Ted Williams would have success today. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that it's better. That the, the pitching is better today. Our RV has so many notes in front of him right now. I don't know. I'm mean, and he looks he looks a little bit stressed right now. I mean, there's guys that haven't there's guys that have not been mentioned yet that he's stressed about. He needs to get his names into the mix here. RV, it's coming at you. What do you got? All time hitter. I took Pete Rose. All time. He's got the most hits. He averaged, he played 24 seasons, he averaged 177 hits per year his whole career. I mean, you can figure out what, where, wherever decade he played in, that's going to be a lot of hits, fellas. There's nobody even close to him. Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, yeah. But the problem with Ty Cobb is. The problem is Ty Cobb was fall balls weren't yeah, strikes. Ty Cobb played 42, <laughs> 42 seasons. He averaged 190 a year, but how can longevity be a penalty if we're, if we're, if we're penalizing. Ted Williams for not being able to play them. How can we penalize the guy that did play them? Oh. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. Rose had 10 200 hit seasons during that yes. 24 yeah. stretch. And each, Williams each, never had each, one. Each, Williams each, never each, played each the each of Each of Rose, yeah. each of Rose first 10 years in the league, he had 200 hits. And he came over here at 28 years old. Well, he's sorry, not, but he's not in the Rose is the number one. Right. Each of Rose would have blown him away. Yeah, but each of Rose was not here. <laughs> If all guys, okay, okay. If you're, you're going to go like the job, Josh Gibson and other, what about that guy from Japan that hit almost a thousand home runs? That was no, no, Sadaharo so, so O. Whatever his the name giant is. He had way more than Josh Gibson. No, he had, he had 800 something. All I'm saying is I didn't bring him up because he didn't play there. The only thing I'll, the only thing I'll mention with that, and I don't, I, Pete Rose was a great hitter, but. I, I'll, I'll go to a quote from Babe Ruth. Babe, Babe Ruth, 18, Babe so. Ruth made a he comment. To come over hey, here that hey, no, no, not not, not in Japan. But Babe Ruth made a comment. And he said, "If I would have been able to, if I was really trying to hit those dinky, dinky singles." singles. <laughs> Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth struck out once every time. Every six at bats, he struck out. Ted Williams struck out once every ten at bats. 
Blake Garrett has won every 15 times in the past. He never struck out more than 64 times in a season. William. Well, let's see. Never more than 64 times. Total, total strikeouts with total at bats. And they come out to one out of every 10 at bats. You gotta have to use calculator because they but, don't have Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're not in plate appearances because these guys are also. times in his career. Huh? Struck out 709 times. Divide that by how many at bats he had. But again, you're you're also dealing with the best on base percentage guys of all time, and that's not counting plate appearances. Right. So it's not a strikeout play; it's a strikeout. You're talking strikeout per at bat. Per at bat. But you're but you're comparing but you're comparing you're comparing that to the greatest on base. I know, but I'm saying you're you're comparing that to the greatest on base guys of all time, which is a huge part of hitting. Yeah, I'm just saying a huge part of hitting is getting on base. Yes. Right. And these three Williams, Ruth, and Bonds did it at. Well, I got, I got hit Aaron as my number two guy. All-time home run hitter. I mean, supposedly legal. Second. Lifetime average of 305. All-time RBI leader. All-time RBI leader. I mean, he only won He only won one MVP and one championship, 1957. Right. That's all he ever won. I think he only won one batting title. He might have. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Played 23 seasons. Mm-hmm. You got, to, you got to hit every six at bats. 1,383 career walks. You're going one in every 28 at bats. Yeah. Aaron had a very impressive career. Oh, There's no he doubt about it. Like he averaged like 37.5 He was an honor. My third guy is Stan Musio. I, I took him. The reason why I took him is because, again, he went to the Navy for a year and a half, but his OPP was 420, career average 331. Averaged 165 hits per year. 475 homers. 475 homers. He uh, had 3,630 hits. What was Rose's career average? I would you have for uh, 303. Uh, your, your hits that you just mentioned, he had the exact same number of hits on the road. I know, I wrote that. Yeah. Eight, only, only guy to do it dead on. Right. 1,815 at home. At played for the same team, same field, every one of those home games. And then all the other diamonds, he got 1,815 hits. Exactly, exactly the same. Wow. Yeah. He was world champion three times. That means he 44, was on the road 42, and 46. Career MVP, set, like I said, three times. Seven-time batting champ. 1,600 walks. All-star game. Tied for second with 20. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Stan the man had a very oh, impressive a career. Player. He was one of the greatest One and every three at-bats, he got a hit. Yeah, he was one of the best players that ever played the game. So you're, that's your top three. Are you going yeah. deeper than that? No. If with all those notes, we no, going no. Deeper. I was just comparing Dave Rose. I just comparing the whole notebook over there. Yeah, I'm just comparing to Ty Cobbs, the very yeah, Bonds, right. No, I the Ted Williams, the Babe Ruth, and I, I had these in my original three. I mean, like I said, I, it was almost chalk with Rose and Aaron, but I just thought Sam Musil was pretty cool about the 1850. Yeah, Aaron's yeah. career. Yeah, that was cool. Aaron had like a very consistent career where he yeah, was hitting sure. thirty to forty home runs. Yeah, like. he only had one MVP. He wasn't like, but he, but he, longevity. I yes. mean, it's like LeBron breaking every record in basketball. Yeah. Longevity. Yeah, it's going to. That's why Rick was there before. That's, another, yeah, another, that's why you had uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before. Right. Another tremendous player that hasn't even been mentioned, and I'm surprised is Willie Mays. Willie Mays. You Danny talked to Willie Mays should be in that conversation. <laughs> Red has to talk to him. Willie Mays is well, honorable well, mention well, for Willie me. Willie was always five. my favorite ball player. My favorite ball player of all time. I thought he was the best five tool. And, of course, Bonds came around uh, along later on and broke 
broke his records and everything. But Willie Mays also played at Candlestick Park, which probably robbed him of maybe up to 100 home runs. Because yeah. the wind was that, constantly that, blowing that, in. McCovey got robbed by That's another thing about a guy like Josh Gibson. He played in the biggest ballparks in the, in the business with the Negro League. Are you done? Yes, everybody can jump in. Well, get, getting back to, I had set this, I had set this up to start with as a debate about who was the best pure hitter between Ted Williams and Barry Bonds. And even though either one of them, in some people's mind, might not be the best hitter, I went through and, and went through maybe 15 different analysts that analyze baseball for a living. They're not like us. They're not a Pepe or a Clint or me or you or RV. Yeah, they don't know nearly as much as we do. They don't have a... Uh, a diploma from the full gospel tabernacle. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the bottom line here is that out of all the guys that I, I went through on these statistics, when it gets to the, them picking out the best hitter of all times, Ted Williams' name is always in the top three. Of all of these analysts that I went through, he's always in the top three. Arms is not. So, my argument there was that if all of these experts do not pick him to be in the top three or even the top five, actually, let me tell you, I've seen lists. Not to cut you off, but I've seen lists where Bonds is not in the top twenty-five. Yeah. It's typically it's, it's just steroid bias. That's all it is. Okay, well, however you want to look at it, that's how I want to look at it. I also, and it's not right. I also went to the top. Those batting, guys were blindfolded. Top batting averages, top batting averages of all time. If you take all of the guys that are above Ted Williams, which only six, there's only six above him in, in career. All of those were old players, Cobb, uh, um, Roger Swansby, uh, you know, Oscar Charlson, all guys from the old eras, from Williams down, he's number six, and Bonds is number 258. All-time career. So that's just 250 guys that hit over that's, 300. That's correct. Well, there was a couple of there were 298, 299, but there's that many guys in there between him and him. So in my opinion, as far as the debate between Bonds and Williams, Williams was best on-base percentage career, not one or two years, career, best on-base percentage ever. He was on almost every other time, 48.2, I think it was. 482 like career. Yeah. So he uh, he was at OPS. He was above Bonds. Uh, OPS plus slugging. He was above Bonds. His, his slugging average, OPS his his slugging percentage was only behind Babe Ruth, Ted Williams. So that that's my stand as far as the Ted Williams Bonds disagreement. And since I've delved into this this much further, I come up with Babe Ruth as being quite a uh, quite an asset. He pitched. For five years that he didn't get to add those statistics to his career. So if you take those five years out, he only played 21 years. Right? Still averaged 400 at bats a year. What, what I'm saying is... He, Ted Williams was 385. Yeah, but but he, you know, if you added all these times that he pitched and he didn't get to hit, he uh, he probably would have surpassed the 762. And well, I'm just saying he averaged more at bats than Ted Williams. And no. probably got less watch, though, right? Ruth, right. That's and why. he played, both Williams and Ruth never played a 162-game season. Or they didn't play in an era when there was They, they weren't even 162 no, games when they played. Right, 154. They, they walked 2,062 times. Okay. Yeah, he had a lot Ted of Ted Williams walked uh, 
2021. Maybe we were just on a different. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's 21. You're right. I'm I'm just looking at statistic wise and expert wise. I felt that Ted Williams is the best pure hitter that I feel ever played to get. That's just that's my opinion. Right, also. Yeah, and and that's that's what this is all about. Is that this the argument is not getting settled at this yeah. table? But well, it is no. good I'm to not hear. Change anyone's mind. Right, it is it is good you to hear, <laughs> and it's it's good to see the different opinions because you know I brought up. And I, I love to talk about it. these are the guys I've seen. These are the guys I've watched. And like what Bonds was doing for an extended period of time was so dominant. He was so feared. He was so dialed in. He was he got walked with the bases loaded. Yes, he did. I mean, intentionally walked with the bases loaded. He so his level of dominance to me was was something like I've never seen. Again, never stressing seen. the word seen. He was the right? most feared hitter. No, yeah, no I mean, he was so feared at the plate, which to me, if you're feared. You were the best. Six oh nine on base percentage. Six oh nine in a year, that. unreal. I know. No, no. I don't care. It's the best so ever. Here, so here, time. so when you when you walked across these guys, you kind of ran into a thing where nobody had Never. like the the totals across the board where they were the greatest in all these different things. It was a mix. Like for example, Bonds had the most home runs ever, seven hundred sixty two home runs for his career. He had the most walks ever, and he had the most intentional walks ever. Those are the three things he led in. Now, when you jump over to the other guys, they let in different things. Ted Williams had the highest on-base percentage of all times. Second when you go slugging. Second, when you go down to Ruth, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, leader in all three. And, and if you know the RBI, the so, first six leaders was, are all the old era guys. Right. They're right. all from but that I, old era. My, my point being is yeah, that <laughs> these some of these finisher, like these, who has the all-time leads, they were split out amongst these guys. This wasn't, and then when you jump into things like RBIs, you got Aaron. And that's why, like Uncle Clint said, I can't go through this list without putting honorable mention to Mays and Aaron. Sure. Mays and Aaron They're had really phenomenal really careers, great. phenomenal ball players. Uh, they even mentioned Mickey Mantle. Well, he, he was, was a very good hitter. And yes. when he Mantle got was. hurt and he hurt his leg, that Mantle probably cost good. him several good seasons. But he put up good, and good, solid numbers. Here, here's my he thing. He won a triple crown. Going through, going through each of my guys, Ted Williams – Again, there's no knock on a guy that I'm saying, in my opinion, top three hitter of all time. <laughs> That's not knocking. This is not knocking. This that. is not knocking a guy. I think the conversation about Williams would be different if he had those years in his prime. I mean, it, yeah. the bottom line is, it would be a different. It would be a different conversation because you would be talking about him with 700. 23 plus. to sure. 700 you know, home runs. You would be talking about him with the most RBIs but, ever. Again, I can't project though. Mantle got hurt. Yeah, you know, a lot of these players were changed by things. You don't know. What if Ted Williams didn't make it out of the war? He would have never come back to put up any of these other numbers. So you don't know. Jump into bonds. People say, what if he didn't take steroids? What if? It was the steroid era. That dude did what he did against the guys he was doing it against. It was other guys that were doing the same thing. He was dominant to his peers. He was phenomenal. He was the best I've ever seen. But I got a reveal. I got it on. The greatest hitter of all time. Is the Bambino yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the greatest hitter of all time? From from my research and, and I what I did, I, I, here, and here's here's my thing, Pep. And again, I'm a Bonds guy with you because Bonds is just unreal. But what what we did not talk about with Babe Ruth, and no one mentioned it, and I was hoping I'd get it. Babe Ruth, in comparison to his peers, 
at the time that he played. He didn't have any period. But was, it was ridiculous. Babe Ruth was hitting more home runs. The whole teams were. Than yeah, complete teams. He changed the game. Like he, he was doing, and, and again, he like, saved the game. And, and my dad did mention this. Five years as not a pitcher. It's a top pitcher. As yeah. a guy that, you know, and, and it was also the tail end of the dead ball era. So they were utilizing his skills in the dead ball era yes. because it was more valuable in the dead ball area to pitch than it was to be a hitter. But and he it, still got the advance when he pitched. It wasn't the DH. He did, he did, but it was it was longevity. He wasn't getting a lot of at bats when he pitched. Ruth, I mean oh. his his uh, his seasons there. One seventy five games. His at bats in nineteen fourteen. He had ten at bats. Yeah. Then well, he had ninety two. As a as a pitcher, he did not have more than one hundred twenty three at bats in a season. Um, he only did. He only hit one year or two years for Boston. One was eleven homers, sixty-one RBIs. The other one was twenty-nine and one hundred and thirteen RBIs. So, and even that year, that was not a full year that he had with Boston in twenty-three. Still had eighty-four hundred at bats. Ruth then immediately, yeah, he had. All right, so you're talking about how many at bats he had. Mm-hmm. He had seven hundred fourteen lifetime home runs. All right, in nineteen fifteen, two thousand two hundred fourteen RBIs. In nineteen fifteen, he had ninety two at bats. In nineteen sixteen, he had one hundred thirty six at bats. Nineteen seventeen, he had one hundred twenty three at bats. That's a four year period. We never got more than one hundred thirty at bats. One hundred thirty six at bats. No one, no his one. Whole career, he still averaged four hundred at bats. Oh no, he had a full That's career. Right, right. Oh, no, Ted, Ted Williams only averaged three eighty five his whole career. He he had a full career. There's no doubt about that. I'm just saying that when he was young, from 19 to essentially 23, he was not bolstering his home run totals during that time. He had, you know, basically a handful of home runs during that time. So that that year, who was it? Home runs? Nobody. Nobody. Until Babe Ruth. Until until Babe Ruth. And let's let's keep in mind that nobody. And this is why he's my he's my guy is because no one was hitting. Home runs when Babe Ruth started to hit home runs. Babe Ruth was hitting, he went from 11 to 29 to 54 to 59 when complete teams were hitting 20 home runs. Complete teams were hitting 20 home runs. The next best home run hitter in the league was down in the 20s at the time. Those first four years we're talking about, he had no home runs in 14. He had four home runs in 15. He had three home runs in 16. He had two home runs in 17, and he had 11 home runs in 18. Then he hit 29 in 1919, which blew the league away. The following year, he hit 54. I don't know the exact number on this, but when Ruth finished at 714, I don't know the exact number, but the next guy had 300-something. It was Jimmy Fox at uh, 534. When Bonds finished, or when, no, when, Bonds. no, no, when, when, when Ruth, Ruth finished, finished career, in 35, he had in 1935, Jimmy, Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox had 534 in 1935. Well, I don't know. He was the next guy in line, 534. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying when Ruth stopped, when Ruth hit his 700, I think Fox played beyond Ruth, 35. Ruth had double the amount of home oh, runs yeah. as the next guy when oh, he finished. I, I believe the guy would have been no high. Probably might, I could it couldn't have been who I could have been who it was, but I thought the guy was in the three hundreds still. When, no, when Ruth was Bell Lott was five eleven. He was the first other guy. To no, no, he saying at the time when he of finished. Yeah, but I think Mallet was an, an old timer too. I'm not sure. Another I guy that was so. a great hitter during our area that got, got washed out because of the steroids was Rafi Palmero. I mean, you're talking about a guy five hundred home runs, three thousand hits. Uh, 
He was always one of my favorite characters. Well, he was a great player, but the steroid era washed him out. He's another man who was washed out. And he's not here. Well, I think that I have a good Only guy ever with five hundred Make sure you got that mic turned towards you. Or 3,000 hits that won't be in the Hall of Fame. The only thing I have against Ruth is, the question is, do you think that he, do you think, because he he didn't face anybody in the middle. 1,100 homers in today's era. (laughs) (laughs) But Caden's Caden's right. That's one of the things that, that's That's one of the knocks on Ruth. And it's and it's true. He did not. He was not able to play against the best players in the whole world. He was playing against the best athletes in the United right. States, basically. Where right. now you have Dominican-born players, Puerto Rican-born, only the white and only he the white players facing, at that time. Exactly. So, and that's a fair argument. Again, when you look at a guy's era and you say Babe Ruth was playing against the best players that were available at that time in the right. league he was in, he was so much more dominant. He was way better than He was just so much better. I think and Luke Garrett was pretty good, too. He was very good. Three, four. And Gip- Gibson. He's an RBI machine. Josh yes, Gibson. On the other side during when Ruth was playing was, was dominant. I, I believe that uh, Lou Gehrig had five seasons of over 150 RBIs. I think he's the only guy ever to do that. Well, Lou Gehrig was in the 400s at home runs, right? So, 493. And he played a little longer than Ruth? Was that right? No. Oh, he, he did. He died. Right, then the 300 thing, yeah. I was, that was wrong. No, was it was, yeah. no, no, it wasn't Gehrig, though. It was somebody else. It was, no, uh, what I'm saying was is that maybe he was 300-something ahead. I thought the guy was down in the 300s. No. But the point being, my point being was that he was significantly beyond other guys – Probably about 200 homers. It, it was a lot. It, and, and Ruth, that's, so that's where I came to it, man. It's just like when you look at a guy up against his peers and he was that dominant year after year after year. Well, it's, you know, I mean, the amount of bold figures on Ruth's oh, straight chart, like it's like – and it's spread out throughout his whole career. It was like, spread out over like 15 years. <laughs> I was looking it's it's unreal. Old, old pitchers. You talk about strength and conditioning and stuff today. Some of these guys were pitching – Three and four hundred innings back then. I mean, you can't be in much better condition than going out there and pitching four hundred innings, boys. You guys can make well, above well, all a lot of guys. That's why you guys hit four hundred. What about the guys that won four hundred and seventeen games, one hundred and ten shutouts? What about guys like that? Rubber arms. Yeah. Rubber hey, arms. guys couldn't Tom hit eighty back then. They can today. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, like I said, you go on and on with the eras. There's no doubt about it. I was glad to hear Pep bring up the big hurt. Like, you know, because the, the, hurt, the hurt had some years in there. He was bad, like, pure, 340. You want to talk about a pure hitter that I didn't include in this? Tony Gwynn. Yeah, 338. He's more like a hitter here. He was a hitter. That's a hitter. baseball hitter. That's what I'm talking about. He's a passer. He has to have power and average. Well, it depends on what you're looking at as a hitter. And that's what Williams had. Yes. And, you know, Williams had that. And that was one of my key things that Williams was looking at. The Tom way he Williams, hit for average Zero, and the way. Hits. Three, hit the same 344 goal. lifetime batting average for Ted Williams. Here was an interesting stat that I came up with on Ruth that I don't that I would have think, uh, thought surprised a lot of people was Ruth 136 was triples. Yeah, for the big for the for the fat alcohol. But he wasn't always the fat alcohol. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What out. I'm saying is, is that RV. When people see the footage on route, they said if he had a number on his back, it was after 1932 or something. Like Ruth was already 35 years old. Sure. If you saw a number on Babe Ruth's back, he was already 35 years old. So there's very limited footage on Ruth because the Yanks didn't put numbers on him. With the Boston Braves, he retired and he started his career in 1914. And you take five years away from pitching, it only leaves him 15 years of 
actual baseball. So think about those records that he produced in 15 years. I just think he was the goat, man. It's it, it, it just separation during his time from everybody else was unreal. But like I say, Williams' combination of average and power is what put him above, for me, some of the guys that RV mentioned and Pete Rose and guys like that because the unique combination there just makes you special. When you can put – when you could barrel like that and be hitting home runs like that, along with, like in Williams' case, a 344 average with Ruth not too far behind at 342. So phenomenal hitters across the board. 674 OPP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ruth's career slugging percentage at 690. I mean, you talk about (laughs) – now, if we get into the modern-day stuff, right, I want to mention Mike Trout because Trout had a pretty phenomenal run. He's been hurt recently, and he really hasn't – and he's on a team that can't win. He ends up sitting out the back half of these seasons. His career is really getting kind of ruined. Trout was on pace at one point where it looked like he could have got to, you know, 600 home runs and then have some of these accolades with it. But I think Trout's a perfect example of where the 300 average is just – it's almost not the standard anymore. He, he's right there. He's considered the best hitter right now. He's been considered that for the most part. done. I don't he's know how top 10 OPS right now. Right. Until it's actually done. Right. Like and, Derek Jeter, he got the 36 and 100 hits. He done it. Right. Regardless, he right. did it. He did it. And anything could happen. Total bases, 6,211 total bases. Second all time. Right. Documented. Yes. Because not if, perceived, not, not, not anything. Right. Not documented bases. Because not if you're having this argument in the middle of Ken Griffey Jr.'s career, right. you know what I'm saying? You would have thought Ken Griffey well, Jr. Was, thought he would blow the Ken Griffey Jr. was on pace to, to, to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 I'm talking all around. And, Rod, and Rodriguez, Rodriguez was falling in right behind him. Yes. Yes. Yep. Pujols is one of the guys that actually... Played up to his whole entire 10 year contract. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say well, years, I, at the end of his contract, he was. I don't but, think well, he the first eight years. The way he closed, the way he closed. But again, he was with Trout and they couldn't do nothing right. either. But I, he definitely he came as close as anybody will to honoring that 10 year contract and deserving the money. I mean, Josh Hamilton, none of those guys could even come out. Oh, no. Yeah, even with Otani. Otani's not going to be nothing then either. No. Well, these contracts. 10 years, he'll be 39. What it really is, though, the contracts, though, are front-loaded, meaning that these guys know they're not technically front-loaded, but they're actually paying them like $80 a year for their first four or five years. Right. Yeah, exactly. They know the tail end. They know that the the front end is where they actually. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And that's what's going to happen with Otani. Now, with Otani. He may eventually, if he could do what he's doing right now for another five years, he'll be in the conversation of the greatest baseball player, maybe not hitter. But if he does it, mm-hmm. because I, I can't see any what, reason he can't. What he's doing, I mean, he's got to play twenty years, fellas, and he's got to put up some no, good no, stats. No, but RV, I'm not putting him in the conversation with greatest hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. A guy that could pitch at the top of the game and pitch another game? and hit at the top. Well, he'll be pitching. He'll be pitching. He, a guy that can hit at the top of the game and pitch at the top of the game is so unheard of in comparison oh, to his peers. That's Again, what made so special. Exactly. Like I said, let's see him do it for 20 years. I know, but the fact that if he doesn't do it for 20 years, if he just did it for three, for me, he still he still earned himself a place at the table. When, Who when, else has done it, RV? When you it look doesn't it, matter. It does three matter, years. but it's no one else has ever years. done it. Three years is a blink of a so eye. The last guy to do it was the last guy to do it played a hundred years ago. Yeah, but he had an on base percentage. He had an on base percentage whole career. Right. I'm not saying it takes a great player to do it. We're talking 30 points. What's the big deal? It's not much of a big deal. Hang on, hang on. 
Not not an eye, not this big. A no. long span. Oh. That's why it can't be a Barry Bonds guy. A long span for, for hitting statistics and accumulation of home runs and things like that. But to be a major league baseball player at the top of the pitching and the hitting game at the same time, don't take a long span for me. It just makes you unbelievable. I mean, when you figure salaries out then, Otani should be paid as two players. He should be paid a pitching well, he salary. He is going to get paid. It looks like he just might. He's going to be the highest player ever. No, no but it does look that way. I, I but, think, you know, they did. I think years from now, somebody else is going to come. Along. I think seven hundred and fifty million for Otani. Whatever, seventy-five someone, years. Someone will come. Someone will come along, but nobody's going to come along that does both. Well, he came along. Exactly, he came along. He did. And if he come along, somebody else will the, come along. The game, the game almost pushed him away from it. They right. didn't want him doing both. I, I only want to get in one more thing about Ted Williams. How did I know? As a rookie, he comes up in nineteen thirty-nine. He hits 31 home runs. He drives in 145 RBIs as a rookie. As a rookie. Based on ball, he struck out 64 times that year, which was the most in his career. He was a rookie, 64 times. He never struck out more than that the rest of his career. I, I mean, it is. He said that he had one year where he hit under 300. One year was, I think, 1956 or seven. So he was, already, he was already an old man by then. Well, yeah, but he, he hit under 300. He came out of the gate swinging. Trying to see Then he got slowed down by the service. Well, the service slowed him down more earlier than that. How old was he when he went to the service? 23. Right in the prime. 23, career. 24, 25, he was in the service. Then he went back when he was 33 and 34 to Korea. Here was a uh, – Tim Kirchin did this article on, uh, on Ruth. The game was reeling in 1920, but Ruth brought it, brought it back with tape measure homers and overwhelming charisma. Came the first player to glamorize the home run, hitting 54 that season, more than the next three home run hitters in the American League combined. Still, critics said he'd never hit that many again. So in 21, maybe the greatest season by any player ever, Ruth hit 59 home runs, 177 runs scored, 168 RBIs with a 1.359 OPS. I mean... The level of dominance beyond the people he was playing against is completely unheard of. And here it was that in 21, he hit his 137th home run, passing Roger Connor as the all-time home run king in 1921 when he hit his 137th home run. Um, the next 577 only added to his record. When he retired with 714 home runs, no one in the game had half that many. In certain seasons, he hit more home runs than complete teams. From 26 to 32, he out-homered the Washington Senators, 343 to 327. Ruth finished with a career slugging percentage of 690. No active player has ever had a single season slugging percentage of 690. This article may be a little dated. I'm not sure. But, this, but that kind of stuff, that, this article I read from Kirchin was what took, led me to Ruth. So well, I just you know, wanted to throw talking about black italics. That's Ted Williams. Oh, I know. No, I saw his so his italics think, as well. Like, cause I, I I really think it's not really about velocity. I really think it's about movement. Do you really think these pitchers that are going to Babe Ruth? Do you think they're throwing fastballs? Do you think that they really have that talent that these people have, where they basically can throw wherever they want, locate perfectly? Look, a, a guy that can hit is going to figure out how to hit, no matter what kind of pitches you're coming at. Well, yeah, I mean, I think like if, for example, I could say Ted Williams, that version of Ted Williams wouldn't do 
today what he could do back then. But if you gave Ted Williams access to the technology these guys got, he would have still been great. Well, so you, I you think that three books on hitting. No, I'm I'm saying if you gave him at, Ted Williams was a great hitter, meaning that he could have hit in any area with access to the same technologies. But the facts, if you look at actual facts, everything today is bigger, stronger, and faster. But those guys would have adjusted because they were great. Nearly as long either. That might be true because they've been doing it. They've been getting used up since they were 12 years old. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother conversation. All right, are you guys good? We're gonna go NFL for a minute. Okay, I'm good. All right, all right, we're moving on. I okay. Oh, no, you can't. Don't oh, do it. We've been sitting here. All right, if he's going to have one more thing, so am I. Go ahead. All right. Let's oh. just say, we have this conversation in 10 years. I'll be take my, taking my big show here, Tom. Okay, okay. All okay, right. Okay, well, that's good for you. Now, <laughs> one more comment. Ted Williams, as, as I've been bringing up previously, won two Triple Crowns. He missed a third by one one-thousandth of a point to George Kelp. He missed the fourth by five RBIs. Nobody in the history of game of the game has ever won more than two, just him and Rogers Hornsby, and he missed two other ones by one one thousandth of a point and five RBIs. Yeah, did Hornsby win MVP in both of the years he won the yes. Triple Crown? You're darn right he did. There's Every no Triple Crown winner has not won the MVP except Ted Williams. Williams had a bad... Cabrera, he won on one. He was a good hitter, too. We forgot to mention well, yeah. that. Yes, he, he did. Miguel Cabrera was a phenomenal hitter. 500 homers and 3,000 yes. hits. Phenomenal and over 300 lifetime batting average. Uh, Teddy Baseball had a very bad relationship with the press. Press and the and fans. That, and, and that he never hurt his cap. And that hurt him in those votings, for sure. I mean, Teddy that's a no-brainer. Yes. Yeah. 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 I can't wait. Never. Yeah. 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 When the, yet when the Hall of Fame voting came in, he came in at 93%. Now, I'm going to start off with Clint with this as we jump to some NFL talk real quick here. Uh, Brock Purdy for MVP all of a sudden? What is this nonsense? Come that. on now. Clutch. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. His team is absolutely stacked. It, it reminds stacked. me of young Brady, you know, throwing the slants. throwing. He's not throwing guys open. He's throwing to open guys. And like I said, I mean, they He'll got choke. the Eagles. He'll choke. I actually. They won't make it to the Super Bowl. Pep, what do you got? I'd rather go C.J. Stroud, MVP. C.J. Stroud has been in the conversation. Uh, he he crept his way into it. Without Tank Dell. Tank Dell yeah, out for the season. Games. Yeah, I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to make him. You know, I don't think he's going to end up with the MVP. But I was glad for him that he worked his way now, into the conversation as a rookie. Didn't they win one game last year? Houston? No. no. Yeah. Houston's no. only won one game. Last no, they didn't. No, I think no, I don't think that's true because the Bears had last the number year. one pick last year. The Bears got the number one pick because Lovey Smith won for the Houston. So two games they won. Three. Oh, that's right. They won late. Remember the Lovey Smith deal? Yeah, you're so right. They've yeah. already doubled their win total this year. Well, he leads the league in passing. Oh, there's as a rookie. There's no doubt. I mean, you're talking rookie of the year. Yeah, well, I think San the, Francisco's the dominant team out there. Too. But they lost three times. Yes, they in a roll. I'm actually, I'm actually yeah. with Clint on this. I think when it comes time, I think Purdy's, Purdy's, Purdy's going to make a critical, critical mistake. Well, if he was going to choke, it was going to be against Philly. No, the Eagles. The, it's a regular season game. It don't mean nothing. When, when, when it was destroyed, it was just like that. I'm going to be honest, though. Right. I think that that was good for the Eagles. I think they needed to get beat up because I think the Eagles are going to beat her when it counts. I really I'm going to tell you something right now, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but I got a feeling the Cowboys are going to beat the Eagles this time. 
You might be this right. This week or the whole year? Yeah, this week. You might be. You might be right. The Cowboys are hot. They're coming off. A, they're coming off a long break. They've they could come four out four or five games of forty points plus. Are we doing the pick six this week? Yes, we are. But I, I have to announce we went three and three last week on our picks. Did I get any right? We went three. We we all picked them together. So you got three right. Well, and my here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. My pick six. I here's what I did this week. I changed it. I made my picks. And then you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree, if you want to flip it and change it, or give me a different game. But we went three and three last week. On the season, I'm 34 and 44. So I'm awful. The goal is can we get back to 500, which is hard to pick six yeah, games against. Hard. All right, here's my six. Here's my six. I got Detroit over Chicago covering three and a half. Bears are at home. That's my first pick. I ain't flipping that. I don't trust the Bears. I don't that, should be, that should be a cover, but every time I pick Detroit, I don't snake care. Bite. I don't care. The Bears, <laughs> the Bears, have four field goal performance. The Lions will put up enough offense. I like the cover there. I got Houston covering six and a half over the Jets. Let me give my piece. Houston likes to score. The Jets cannot score. Jets Can stop. the Jets get more than ten points in a game? No, I don't think so. So that tells me that Houston, Houston needs to get. If Houston gets to sixteen, that game's over. Right? He covers. Right. You could say it to the mic because I think you're right. I thought so early, but now when you look at their offense, it's not very good, and their defense. I think they would have been a different team with Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, but but they don't they don't really have the offensive weapons. That people thought they got Brees Hall and they got Garrett Wilson. Their other receiving core is not that great. Well, did you hear what the guy said on the other receiving core? Somebody on, on the Sunday Night Football, he says, brought in all these ex Packers. Some of Cobb's washed up. I agree. And guys, Lazard. He said, you know, that you're bringing these guys in to pacify Rodgers. And now Rodgers ain't even out there, and these guys ain't catching the ball. Is that, they're not catching. They're not open. They can't get open. Better year if Rodgers was there. Of course, of course they would, but because Rodgers throws guys open. They have a good defense. They do have a good defense, but they get run on. You know, they get run on, and I think again, your defense can't be great when your offense completely stinks because you're on the field way too much. And when you're on the field way too much, your numbers are going to go way down. You're going to get run on. You're going to teams are going to get up, and then they're going to pound on you. It's like, oh, the Jets. Run defense is terrible. It's really not. It's kind of skewed because the time of possession of other teams that got the ball so much more because the Jets can't get a first down. Well, I don't know if Hurts is actually hurt or just that playing up to his capability. He is hurt. He's hurt. He's got a knee contusion. I feel like he's not playing his best football. Philadelphia, you knew it early in that game. They dominated the first list. But they didn't score. But they didn't score touchdowns. And when they didn't score touchdowns, you knew it. They're like, they're dominating this game. It's 6-0. They're going to lose. You know, you just had to speak. They got down to the red zone twice, and they didn't get in. I said, that's not a good sign. Here's my next game. This is my third one. I got KC at home over Buffalo covering two and a half. Anything? I don't like that. You don't Kansas, like it? Kansas City has not been very impressive this year. I agree, but they're coming off they're coming off some tough games, and I think and that they got to get a win. Now. But, win. but to me, Josh Allen is the first time. Been. I really feel like Mahomes has really been struggling. Mahomes does not. They didn't give Mahomes weapons, and they traded away Tyreek Hill. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? Tyreek Hill right now is the best. He's the problem. That's Mahomes, Mahomes makes too much money. The sec- second contracts is crippling. Mahomes yeah, makes too much money. If they can't franchise somebody. You're out of the league. That's right. and that's, well, somebody will pay you. Or I mean, out. Mahomes well, makes no second contracts. The most in the league, right? Mahomes five hundred something million. You can't pay somebody else. No, that's what he sucks up. Steve Kelsey. 
How are you going to do that? Yeah. So it's going to be the next game. Kind of and then keep Tyreek Hill to boot? Yeah, there's no, no way. Yeah, I know. No, it's tough to keep all those guys, but man, just, just let Tyreek Hill go. Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in football. He's the best receiver. And, and he can just walk away from these oh other my guys. God. He is unguardable. He, he is. He is. You cannot <laughs> guard him. You were it, saying it, the other day he, he ran the wrong route and still made the first. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they were like, Tua didn't. He's like, Tua put that where it was supposed to be. I screwed up. <laughs> But I mean, Tyreek Hill will tell you flat out, he's like, he's like, you can't guard me one on one because they got him on hard knocks now. Yeah. Which we'll do a, a piece on that. And I don't think pop. they can. He, he's telling people, he goes, you can't put somebody out there on me one on one, you know, and you can't. He's right, one hundred percent. You know, once he catches that ball in stride, you ain't catching it. Is no, you're right. Oh. All right, I got Philly over Dallas. They're getting three and a half. So I like them. I like them even if they lose by a field goal. Dallas is a choke artist team. Dak Prescott. Hey, let me tell you something about this great. Let me tell you something about Dallas's great defense. They got shredded last week by the Seahawks, and the Seahawks had not been performing very well offensively. I don't trust that defense. Well, you know, Smith looked like a superstar. Exactly, and I do not trust Dallas's defense. Just what Stephen A. Smith says. Just when you think Dallas is about to do it, they blow it. He's got the big cigar. He's right. Just when you think Dallas is going to do it, they choke. Believe me, right now, I just feel that the way Philly had been playing, not so much that Dallas is playing that great, but the way Philly played last week, I just got a feeling Dallas could beat them this week. I I could be wrong. No, no. Dallas is playing better football right now than Philadelphia. I just like Philadelphia. I just like their team. I, I like their players. Their defense. Just a little long right Philadelphia's now. defense is a little bit suspect. They get, they can't get off the field on third well, down. They well, you know Fletcher Cox and these guys. They're old now. They're not young players. They've been in the league 10, but, 11 years. But answer me this: How do the teams like Philly and San Fran pick up these players from the other teams? <laughs> they got you. sweat. They just picked up Leonard from the Colts. Colts was like he was like a three-time All-Pro, and and now they got the Niners got Chase Young and who was the other guy they picked? Well, they picked up like, they picked up another guy. Well, they had the season. They had to pay Bosa. They right. had to pay Bosa big money. Yeah, I, I, I mean now don't get me wrong. Right. I think I always thought anybody else want the shells? And everybody, you know, five guys make all the money. Yeah, I knew Chase Young. I knew Chase Young was overrated as a primary guy, but when you put him opposite a guy like Bosa, he's going to be. He takes a lot of heat off of Bosa. Exactly. But how are Bosa takes a lot of heat off of him. Yeah. And Philly Philly picked up Sweat, and then now they just picked up Leonard. I mean, it's like, can these guys go to any other team or just the best teams in the league? I mean, I just don't understand. I don't know how they're going to I don't understand. How did the Niners land McCaffrey midseason? I mean, how are how are the Niners paying Debo, CMC, Ayuk? It's because of what you were and talking about. Defense. It's because of a cheap yeah. quarterback. And all the <laughs> cheap quarterback. <laughs> you know how they pay him with Cole's cash. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's my next pick. My next pick. This one I'm a little shady on, so you guys tell me. I got Green Bay covering six and a half over the Giants. Green Bay's been hot. I yes, think Green Bay's been hot. I think that's a I'd give the Giants 15. For some I reason, this, for some reason this DeVito guy's been, been doing okay. He's no, scared. I, I, yeah, but the Giants are they're a show. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow the Giants, I think, now are making their fourth or fifth appearance on primetime television this year. The Bears have been on primetime a lot. I mean, that, that Monday night game, the 12 9, the 12 9 seven field goal game yeah. or whatever. There's two, two of them this week. Two Monday night games. Oh, oh that's right. Dolphins, oh, yeah. So, and that, that's my sixth game. I got the Dolphins. 
covering 13 and a half. Yeah. I, I, that's what I was going to say. What was the cover? Yeah, I, would, I, I, I got them covering 13 and a half because Tennessee. I know it is. But dude, Tennessee has just been awful. A lot of wood. So you tune in ahead. Well, okay, those are my six. You got something else you like? You got something else you like? I just picked them here. You got to you got to bring them up. You got your phone? Bears are going to beat the Lions. Just I don't, I don't think so. Steelers perform well. It wasn't even as Not that I trust Goff that much. I, I think he can run hot and cold. Man. What do we got for the week here? Let's see. Give me those picks. See if you got something else for me. If you go to ESPN's week. Well, I'm going to take the Colts. I'm just going to the Colts. And by the way, I was thinking maybe Patriots uh, with the Steelers today. I was thinking Steelers because the Patriots hadn't scored 10 points. Yes. Patriots up 21 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. They were, I, 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 the, the total was 30. They were going to beat the total. Well, they're already at the over. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, the I wouldn't know. In the last three games, they haven't had five points. Right. Hang on. You got something else you like? What's the Panthers line look like? Oh god! I don't. I can't bet cover. on the Saints again. They gotta cover. The Saints gotta cover That's four and a half. Saints. Saints gotta cover four That's and a half. It is. I can't. Half. Four and a half is the right. is the is the line. Right. What are you doing? How about Buccaneers Falcons? What are you doing? I, I like the Buccaneers. I mean, Tampa Bay should win that game. I like the Colts over the Bengals. Bengals favored by one and a half. I know, but he's gonna come down to earth this week. I'll consider it. I'll consider that. I don't like what the Falcons the Bucks. I don't like those division games. Falcons favored by two wow. and a half. Falcons are favored? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's a cakewalk to take down. Hey, the Falcons are cake division walk. they're at the top of the division they right are. now. Six they're and six. Yeah, they're the gonna beat but they're the leaders at six and six, Yeah. Hey, let me let me step away from this for one second. You you mentioned it early in the year. It has to be mentioned. Mike Evans. Ten consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Yards. Only guy only with Jerry Rice, Rice no, to do Rice. it. And I, I'll He's tell you right now. He's the only guy to do it since he was a rookie on Mike Evans. I'll tell you right now. If you asked me that in trivia, I would never I have gotten him. about big money. If you asked me if I'd ever draft him, I would never draft him. No. Every time I had him. I draft a guy every <laughs> single year. <laughs> I, had I, every I used to tell him, Evans is a great receiver. I don't think Evans is a great receiver. I take that guy every year in fantasy. Is he a free agent this year? I hope so. I think He'll probably go to a good team next year. Well, yeah. big money, Mike he, Evans. How could he not produce for yards? He's had a thousand yards every year. Every he was a Sixteen games. <laughs> Who's got patience? <laughs> you got to win right away, or you're done. You got to let him go. This is fantasy talk now. This well, is definitely, you know, fantasy. that's just like when Arby says sixteen games. When Jim Brown rushed for a thousand yards, he was doing it in twelve seasons. Yeah. Twelve. Okay. Well, let's mention the guy that met, rushed for two thousand and fourteen games, OJ Simpson. O.J. Yeah. Simpson rushed for 2,000 in a 14-game season. What about Dickerson? Yeah, but, but, uh, Brown, I think Dickerson Brown rushed for 1863. 12. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, I won't give, well, this is another topic. I got Barry. greatest uh, greatest NFL Barry. player. I'm, I, I love Barry. I'm Brown. I, I say Jim Brown. I'm Brown. But if you're doing, Brown, hey, Barry hey at Barry's, at Barry's uh, Hall of Fame induction, his dad said, I'm glad that I can come up here and introduce my son as the third greatest running back ever behind my my favorite, Jim Brown. And people said, well, who's number two? He said, me. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Barry Sanders' dad told him his whole life, 
You're only behind Jim Brown and me. That's what he kept telling him. And if you guys watch that, I'm Barry. That was they, they, it's on Amazon. It was pretty good. It's yeah. called it was called Run Barry Run or something like, like that. Was like, doesn't need a backup. Well, you know, Barry kind of pulled the plug on his career. Maybe early, but God, he had some college seasons. Thurman Thomas was in Oklahoma State and Sanders. He thought Walter deserved that respect. Yes, and he kind of set himself down not to pass. He didn't like the spotlight. Barry Sanders had a chance to to beat Okoye that one year. This was on that show and yeah. he, he needed like 10 more yards and he just sat out yep. he's just like no I don't I don't need to pass yeah, it I just That's watched Barry was on water on a quay the other day and it was phenomenal yeah I mean, here's Akoye, a guy 6'6 285 pounds stomping mm. his way through the league and Atwater stops him dead in his track and knocked him back. I remember that but when you do when you do think about it with all the running backs over all the years and like I say the juice had a 2,000 yard season in a 14 game season to me, the conversation, I always think of three guys. I think of Peyton, I think of Brown, and I think of Sanders. Those are the three oh, guys I think of, well, see, and I think you can I'm argue in different ways. Guy. I'm a statistics guy. So when you go to it, there's three numbers. Brown, 5.2. Every carry of his career, he averaged 5.2 for all his carries. Secondly, uh, 104.3, I think, is how many yards per game he got, and zero. He never missed a game. He was a tough. Brown, Brown no, was a, he died. He did die. He died last month. Oh. Brown was another guy in comparison to the guys he played with. He was just so much bigger and stronger and well, like Sanders. I mean, that's who he was. Those guys hardly ever missed any games. Well, yeah, he missed no games. Right. One of the I things think missed missed one game. Game. I think Peyton missed one. one. One of the things that you notice about one Sanders was that Sanders didn't play behind a great offensive line. A lot of his yards were chunk yards oh, where yeah. he's getting hit in the backfield. And then he, I mean, the guy had like no ACLs or something, man. He he was he was like vertical. Peyton's lineup. Oh no, I'm with. Like I said, these are my. You're talking my top guys. I mean, yeah. Peyton was unreal, and oh, Peyton was an Ironman. That's what I heard the problem with Emmett Smith. How many Pro Bowls are on Dallas? Oh, exactly. Smith. Yeah, people don't mention Emmett in that conversation yeah. because of that. they had they averaged over 300 pounds a guy. Larry Allen and Nate Newton and all those guys. I mean, they were phenomenal. Oh, yeah, and I think that one, that's part of what chased Barry out of the game so young was just seeing the success that Emmett was having and, and having the offensive line and the accolades and all Easy that. For him. And, and Barry just didn't get it. I mean, no, Detroit Detroit is where great all-time greats go to die. Look at Calvin Johnson. I mean, this is a guy you might have had in the conversation as one of the best wide receivers ever, and he, he got yeah. out of the game early, he the game and, early. and he had time left. They did have Cocaine Wayne as the head coach, though, at this. Who? Cocaine Wayne. Cocaine. I saw a bear game. Wayne Fox. I saw a bear game on Thanksgiving about 15 years ago, and Bonds gets completely engulfed by Bears players. I mean, he's completely covered up. You can't see his number. You can't oh, you're see talking anything. about Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He comes I out saw of the that. and takes off. Because he touched him. He, he had Bears. He had eight or nine guys. It was unbelievable. He, and he did that. when you. If All I did during that show, Pep, the one that we're talking about yeah, on Amazon, the Barry thing, I was just, I just loved just watching Barry run. I almost wasn't even watching the show. I was just watching the stuff he was doing. It was unreal, the stuff he was doing. Him him and Thurman Thomas went to the same school at the same time. Now, he had some years, Clint. You got to look up. He had a college season. I don't know which one. It might have been his junior year. I'm not sure. It was so ridiculous. Right. The number, junior, senior, you, you got, Thurman Thomas was you got to look it up. It was the most ridiculous college season I've ever seen in yeah. terms of like yards and touchdowns. He was just 
He was rushing for a couple hundred yards, it seemed like, a game, plus multiple. I mean, it was unreal. That, one guy, that must have been his – didn't he win a Floyd Heisman? Floyd Little did a lot of that, too. Barry won a Heisman. Was, it had to be his Heisman. Another guy that played State. for Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah they yeah, both went to Oklahoma State, him and Thurman Thomas. But that guy that used to run for Oklahoma and ended up not even making it to the pros, he had some college records that were unbeaten. Oh, that uh, the curly-haired guy. Dupree. 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 Marcus, Marcus Dupree. Dupree. Marcus Dupree. Well, oh, he's, man, he, he had some records that were unbeaten. Is he the guy that went to jail? No. no he he got his coach kind of. His, well, his uncle. Oh, they did, his a, uncle they did a 30 on him. And his coach kind of screwed him well, up. Well, his uncle screwed the deal up. He Signed him up to some kind of different kind. He of left guy. Oklahoma and went to some yeah, he small college. Yeah. Then he went to go to the USFL or something and got a knee injury. But I think but, uh, I think of uh, Deacon Jones, Hall of Famer. They, they probably said that if sacks were regularly recorded, he might beat Bruce Smith. Blah blah blah. He said they were talking about Jim Brown. And he said all I can say is this is one man, and you couldn't stop him. Yeah. I was trying to find this year that he had um, Sanders Heisman, uh, Barry Sanders Heisman season. Here it he is. Had. 344 attempts, 2,628 yards, 37 touchdowns. Jesus. I mean, yeah. it was phenomenal. Unreal. An average of seven. Did he come out of there? Did he go to the NFL year. draft after that year, or did he stay senior year? You no, know, he was only he only went to Oklahoma State three years. Yeah. With the numbers. But, the, the, with, with, with the numbers he had there, I mean, he came very close to averaging five yards a carry in his pro career. I think he was four point I think Glenn's was five. Dude, four. I mean, I think Sanders. Sanders yeah. was five. Dude, was 44 five touchdowns. Players. If he wasn't five, he was real He scored cold. 44 very touchdowns. Good. Yeah, very. I said 37. Or 37. That was pre his the bowl game, I think. Okay. The Heisman stats were at 39, I okay. said. All right, here's what we're going to close with. Let's close with the Yanks. Oh boy, the Yanks! What an getting Soto, man. What? what okay, wait, wait, wait. This this is my problem, right? Everybody else is worried about Shohei. Only the Dodgers are going to get him. And as they're sitting around, the Yanks get Soto. Soto is one of the top players in baseball. Soto, oh yeah, and he's young. One year. One year? What? He's free agent next year. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, because oh, yeah. of the trade, because oh, yeah. of the way that they no, worked the trade. he's contact. He's free agent next year. So let's get him next year. So somebody's right. Yanks, somebody Yanks, Yanks, Yanks are keeping him, go. dude. How much you want to show Yanks are keeping him. him. No, the Yanks, oh, yeah. the Yanks are going to lock him up. There's one team that ponies up the doors. They picked up that guy from Boston, too, to play left field. Verdugo. Yeah. Yeah, what are they going to do about it? They picked up the Grisham or whatever it is. He's a really great defensive player. He came from San Diego, too. Are they going to get – are they also – are the Mets going to get the Japanese guy, Yamamoto? Who's going to get him? Because I, the Yankees are pushing on him, too. They're talking about – And I'm going to make a prediction. That dude's going to pitch, and he's going to pitch right out of the gate, and he's going to be good. He's not He's not going to be – he's going to be good right out of the gate. Boston's in a box right now. They have to do something. They do. Or, or they're going to be buried right out of the game. Last year, last year, that's what happened to, to Boston. They got hammered Boston right out of the game. Boston's a solid team, but they just kind of like work consistent. Well, that division is a powerhouse division. <laughs> they're going to have a hard time. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they're solid. They I just mean, can't they're, win. They're 500, <laughs> and they're in the bottom of the division. Here's the, here's the thing right now. That's and that, and that, this is, this is what the Yankees are dealing with right now. And, <laughs> yes. and, and the Yankees... Our deal, the Yankees have had a tough time with the Rays for many years now. Oh. The Orioles now look at the season that oh, they the had. Jays. And the Blue Jays, if the Blue Jays don't lose Bichette here, they're still going to be tough to deal with. But here's the issue with Did you hear today on the radio about Otani? 
He, they've already asked Joe Kelly to drop the 17 if he's willing to drop it for O'Connor. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, that, right. that, no, that's I know, funny. yeah. No, hey, exactly. Who, Joe Kelly, remember the White Whitex picture? Yeah. His number's 17. That's what Otani wants. Yeah. So they had to go through him to see if he dropped yeah, it. Yeah, he said, don't drop it. He dropped it. That's where he's going. The, the, well, issue with, going but, the but the issue with the Yanks is they don't have the pitching. No. You, they don't, don't have the pitching. You, you, you know, when they won all those back-to-back titles, they had Mike Messina. They had David Edith, Wells, Pettit, Clemens. Yeah. I mean, if these teams haven't figured out by now that you're going to need pitching, I, I mean, what is this? I mentioned this with the Angels. All that time with we're gonna go get Rendon, we got Trout, we got Otani, yep. we got that. Pool holes. Exactly. They had them all. They never had a pitching staff. Well, just ever. Stop. Just what, look what happened to the Cubs at the very end of the season when Steele, their ace, folded up. They folded up. Yep. That was it. They were done. That's but right. The only and team, Bellinger. But the only team Bellinger that did cool up on a consistent basis and didn't win was the Atlanta Braves in the nineties. I mean, oh these guys God. have a loaded pitching staff. They didn't have that much to go win. Years. But the That's thing was about that. Yeah, the thing was about them is that they did win. They did win. They just didn't win. They just didn't win the World Series. What I'm saying is, is that if you're in the playoffs every year, if you're in the playoffs every year, you're winning. The playoff is it's. It's a special there. time of year. Yeah, you got to get there, number one. And number just two is Arizona this year. You just got to get, get there. Exactly. Right. And you don't <laughs> know what's going to happen. You don't. I'm saying Arizona got there. And 84 wins, Clint. They took out Philly. I predicted Arizona. Philly looked unstoppable. They Philly. They took out uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Well, who bounced Atlanta? Philly, Philly bounced Atlanta. Yeah, Philly bounced Atlanta. Philly did not look beatable this year. They looked like they were going to ride out and go, and then they ran into the D-backs, and they they started running on them. The D-backs ran into Texas, and it was like they didn't even exist. I know. Texas, Texas just won every game on the road. They just walked through everybody. How did win every single game on the they road? They did. I know they did. And they backed into the playoffs. They barely made it. Yeah, they got knocked out of the division. Well, they got knocked out of the division when they had to lock up. They picked up Montgomery off of well, – what did he come from? He come from St. Louis or something? Yeah. 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 These guys, all of a sudden, they had – and that's why I say you can prepare a team to get to the playoffs – you can't prepare a team to win in the playoffs. You just right. don't know oh, who's going to who's going to step up. Yeah, but would you consider those guys that a, no, a great pitching it. staff in the regular season? Yeah. You just said they're pretty good, I mean, but you wouldn't have thought okay. right. You, but I, I would put name the third one. If you go back to those years with Atlanta, when they had Smoltz and Glavin and Menes and Avery and Avery, how could you have I know it, it, that's the thing is that when you get into that small sample size in baseball. All it takes is a couple of your primary hitters not hitting, and all that pitching, gone. Well, I mean, just, look, hey, ask Philly in Arizona. Ask Philly and ask the Dodgers. Ask no, the Dodgers. Ask Mookie. Arizona when they ran into Texas. Exactly. But you're talking yeah. about Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and right in the middle of that lineup, and they so, couldn't get it done in that done short it. sample size. It's over. Poof. The, 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 the best in the world the, don't bring champions. The best World Series ever watched. Was the '91 World Series best World Series I ever watched? That was the how were you then? Like 15? No, I was 14. It was John Schmoltz versus Jack Morris, one nothing, Game Seven. Best World Series I ever watched in my life. Morris went 10 for the win. Baseball is the most fun sport to talk about. Oh, it man. is like I mean, because I it, it's not it's I, I said this before. It's not the most fun to watch. NFL's got that trophy, oh, yeah. even though I will say the changes. 
made the game more exciting when a pitcher's got to toe that rubber and go and the pitch clock's going. Well, and it's, right. it was awesome. It's too. like, I mean, I, I thought. Two hour game, two hour, game, two hour ten game minutes. And I'll, and I'll say this. I got to tell you, the guys that run these leagues are simply smarter than I am. Because I'll tell you right now, you, you hear this stuff, you don't think it's going to work. Oh, it's not as pure as the game and all that. The stuff works. This NBA in-season thing, I know you guys aren't may not be NBA guys, How's but it work? it's working. It's working. There's more people watching. They're interested during the regular season. And I thought it was done. 500 grand per guy. And and, and get this. And here's what makes it interesting. The team team with the lowest payroll made it. Indiana Pacers are in the championship. They're looking pretty good. They look really good in that Halliburton. That guy's a stud. They're in the championship. They're in the championship. But think about that. Think about that. I thought they're in the championship. They won tonight. They they, they beat Giannis tonight. They beat Giannis tonight. So. You're looking at that and you're going, okay, now this money thing, which I thought was dumb. I'm like, why are you giving NBA guys more money? Now the team with the lowest payroll made it. There's something to that, right? Those guys are playing the hardest They're playing as hard because as they, can. they got a guy making a million a year that's got a chance to collect another 500K. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, so, again, it's just an example of how the people that run these leagues, they can see what's happening with these younger generations. They know they got to do something different to get them involved and interested because – we're old school. We can sit down and watch a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game. He can't, unless it's the Cubs. I mean, that's I the one sport he either. actually can. But most yeah, kids probably. his age can't do that. You know what I mean? So it's just a different Who's time. Who's in the championship? The well, the Lakers are playing right now. Lakers yeah, are. And you know what? I'm going to mention this about the yep. Pelicans, right? I'm going to mention this because I, 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 can talk, I can talk all day about LeBron James and things like that. But Zion Williamson is flat-out lazy. How is a guy with all this talent? I keep looking at his numbers and I'm going, how did he go a game and get three rebounds? He, he's huge. He can move. He's agile. He can jump. And I, he can jump. I look at it and I go, you got three rebounds? He played 35 minutes. I watched him play the Bulls. It's laziness. I watched him 10 to 15 minutes of the game. And he was on the court the whole time, and I didn't even know it. Really? I didn't even know he was on the court. And then he scored 12 points in two minutes. And then he talked about it. I looked from the word going. I heard the dude picked him up. I thought they were just walked in a championship. And he, he was lazy playing with Duke. It's it's an example of how when you get to the top level of the game, you still got to put the work in. Oh, yeah. And that's where you see a guy like James, who's still getting seven boards a game, and he's almost 40 years old. He puts, in, he puts in the work. He can guard all five positions. I agree. He, he, I don't know if he can anymore, but when, when James was in his prime, he could guard all five. As a matter of fact, they... Like when the Bulls were hot, they put him on Rose. You take Rose. He's the MVP. You stick him, and he stuck him. And they mm-hmm. and they took the Bulls out. And the Bulls had a really good team yeah. in that 2010-2011 time frame there. But, yeah, you, but, but the point being with him is that you know why he's doing it? He's still putting in work. And he knows the way he's got to change his game. He knows, hey, I can't. You know, maybe you know I can't drive it. Time. Exactly. You he know, knows what he's got to well, do for his body. He's putting work in. There ain't no doubt but about But this it. guy, Zion. He's got every tool. Every tool you want. He's got every physical attribute except hard work. He won't put into work. There's no excuse for a guy like that. He should have 10 boards a game. First of all, look at look at all the times that he's battling this baby fat. All the time. Yeah. Every year. Yep, you're right. That was an example right there. If, if you need an incentive to stay in shape when you're a professional athlete, that's a problem right out of the gate. Unbelievable. 
All right, well, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to do another debate show. You guys will be invited. I got some topics. I got NFL, greatest NFL player of all time. I got Magic vs. Bird. We got greatest NBA guy. We got all kinds of stuff. But remember, like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your pods. We appreciate it. We hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we are. For me, this is cool because, like, my godfather is listening to the pod and tells me, hey, can I get on? Absolutely. That's what it's about. I'm seeing guys that I don't get to see that much, honestly, and we're getting to do it and enjoy talking about sports, uh, you know, while we have such a good time. So it's the sports life. You guys have a great night.